Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mixed Tag. It's your mayor, Jared Watson, here. I'm alongside the wrestling encyclopedia himself, Keith White. Keith, how are we doing today, man? You're good every week. Let me hear it. So not only am I good every week, um, but I just have to say also that there's a new moniker that I realized that you can address me as. You know, a little extra extra ribbon, right? A little extra piece. I uh, was made aware that I am a three-time Indian leg wrestling champion. Oh, my gosh. Indian leg wrestling world champion. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I lost it last year in Dewey Beach to uh, Dirty Dave Muller. Uh, but, you know, it is part of my, my history. So I think, you know, I'm the wrestling encyclopedia, and I'm also a three-time Indian leg wrestling world champion. There you go, guys. Fun fact, Keith knows how to Indian leg wrestle, while also knowing his WWE, Impact, AEW, all that. So we got him a, a double nickname this time. Keith, I got one more thing to tell you, by the way. Yes, I hate to interrupt yes, you. No, go we, ahead. We need to address. Uh, this is important. Uh, last week, a streak was broken, and we need to recognize that. Rocky, the luchador wonder dog, did not appear on Mixed Tag Podcast for the first time since its inception as a full-time show. You're, you're right, Keith. Rocky has not made an appearance. Will he come back this week? We'll never know. But Keith, man, it doesn't feel the same without Rocky, does it? It just, it's not, something's not right here. He might do a run-in. You never know. Uh, yeah, yeah, might do a run-in. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But Keith, uh, today's a very special day. Uh, when we're recording this, it's July 2nd. Uh, and we're, that's going to lead us into our opening contest. So this week is Brett, the Hitman Hart's birthday. And it was today, Wednesday, July 2nd. Uh, Brett Hart, of course, WWE Hall of Famer, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Dax Harwood of AEW, uh, when he mentioned his wrestling Mount Rushmore, he said, just put four Bret Hart's there and it would do him good. Uh, Keith, Bret Hart's your man. He's your guy. Uh, what do you have to say on this special day, Bret Hart's 63rd birthday? First of all, happy birthday to the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. The excellence of execution. Um, a couple of things to note about Bret Hart. Um, you know, people talk about all of his classic matches. Uh, you know, you talk about you know, Mr. Perfect, uh, having a sold-out Wembley Stadium, uh, 92 SummerSlam with Dave Boy Smith. By the way, that that match was an intercontinental title match main event. That's huge. Um, people talk about those matches, but I want to give everyone the chance to do a little deep dive. And that deep dive on the network uh, would be Bret Hart was kind of innovative before it was cool to have world championship matches uh, the Monday Night Wars on Monday nights, Bret Hart gave the One Two Three Kid a chance uh, in 1994 in a, in a classic, excellent match for the world title. He also had really good matches, really underrated matches against uh, Hakushi, who lasted a little bit in WWE, but he's WWF, I should say. But that's another good guy to check out. And then last but not least, this one's tough because it's emotional, but it's a fantastic match. It is the uh, Owen Hart Memorial with WCW. And that was Bret Hart versus Chris Benoit. 
and not much of his WCW reign went right. So I just wanted to highlight a situation where it did go well. And Jared, a little tidbit, while he didn't hold the championship, uh, you know, officially, technically, Bret Hart was the first person to ever hold the AEW World Heavyweight Championship in public when he literally had it in his hands and showed uh, the world during that pay-per-view. Yes, Bret Hart is a legend, absolutely. How many titles, including the WWE Championship, back then WWF Championship. Uh, of course, he's famous for holding the Intercontinental title. Uh, King of the Ring winner, uh, just an all-around great guy, Hall of Famer. Unfortunately, a part of one of WWE's most infamous moments uh, with the Montreal Screwjob uh, between him, Bret Hart, and Vince McMahon. Uh, but Keith, he's no doubt a legend. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. When that music hits, you all know who it is, you know. And the family, the Hart family is a legacy in wrestling. So happy birthday to Bret the Hitman Hart. Best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Happy 63rd, Bret. But Keith, now that that's out of the way, what do you say we get into some fighter fest results, Keith? Because you know, we we both watched. We both watched. We both predicted on our special bonus episode uh, earlier in the week. So what do you say we get into that? Let's do it. All right. So the first match, Keith, was the tag team match between MJF, who's better than you, and you know it. I'm better than you, and you know it. And Wardlow taking on Jurassic Express, that would be Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Now, Keith, what a way to start off Fighter Fest, man. This was an explosive match uh, between two of the most athletic big men I've ever seen. What did you think about this match, Keith? I think it really showcased Wardlow's ability. AEW is taking their time with him, and it very much reminds me of a Shawn Michaels and Diesel situation, if I had to compare something where it's this brash, cocky, smaller guy, and then his gigantic bodyguard. And we saw scenes last night, some seeds were planted uh, that might eventually have a little dissension in the ranks. Um, but they really showcased Wardlow and let the crowd see what he can do. Like, they're giving us little tastes at a time, right? It's not the whole cheesecake. They're just giving us the slivers. So I can't wait to see uh, what he turns out to be. You mentioned off the air one day, what about him and Lance Archer? And I'm thinking to myself also, you know, he is he's a fantastic big man. So what about him and Brian Cage? You know, like there's just these, they got these athletic big guys now that can do what smaller guys can do. You know, credit to Big Van Vader back in the day who was kind of pioneering that stuff. Bam Bam Bigelow as well. But these agile big men are just almost a prerequisite now. Yeah, you know, it's it's fun to see that, um, especially when it comes to two of the uh, fastest rising superstars in wrestling between Wardlow and MJF. I mean, and like you said at the end, Keith, um, there's a little bit of a tension there between MJF and Wardlow. Uh, Wardlow wasn't able to hold Luchasaurus in his arms before MJF could hit him with a dynamite ring. And MJF said, quote, can you do anything right before getting hit outside the ring by Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Luchasaurus hitting a choke slam for the win for Jurassic Express. Now, Keith, we both predicted that MJF and Wardlow would win this match, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm digging how they're playing this out, man. We could see a, a potential breakup between MJF and Wardlow. I mean, what would that do for Wardlow's career? I mean, going off from MJF. I mean, I think it would skyrocket his career. Uh, none other than Cody Rhodes has basically told people Wardlow is the future. Wardlow is going to be a star. So when the boss is signing off on a guy, co-signing, 
you know it's going to happen. So the sky's the limit for that guy. Um, I don't want to say I don't. I hate I hate comparing Goldberg, right? But he just he has that look of a guy that the fans could get behind because he's just such a monster. So it, it reminds me of a Goldberg, a Batista, you know, just this guy that has that, I don't know how to describe it, but just that, that it factor. And I think that Warlow's got it. Yeah. I definitely think he has it too. Um, it's interesting, Keith, uh, in this match, there were three uh, young upcoming stars who are going to be some of the greats in AEW when it all comes to an end, uh, MJF, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Wardlow. Not to give Luchasaurus uh, the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he he was a star in this match. Uh, ultimately, Jurassic Express winning this match in the opening contest of AEW. It was a great match. One of my favorites of the night, actually. Good way to start off the show. But Keith, we got to go next to uh, a little interesting tidbit before the next match. We had an altercation between Joey Janela, the bad boy, and the Murder Hawk monster, Lance Archer, who are going to face one another at Fighter Fest Night 2 next Wednesday. Uh, this is going to be interesting, Keith, because this was one of the matches we thought was kind of like a, a, a jobber match, didn't really fit in with the card. Uh, do you like how they approach this, uh, making them have an all-out brawl before their match? I think they must have listened to our podcast because they realized they had to do something. There was zero interest or zero buildup to this match ahead of time. So, you know, what a what a good way from week to week to kind of highlight that and give them the chance to say, okay, well, this match should matter. Because if we, we've talked about this, the first night of the card, uh, the first night of Fighter Fest was a lot better on paper when you looked at it uh, from week to week. So they had to do something. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. They had to get this match built up. Uh, to what it can really be. Can it be something special? Because let's not forget, Joey Janela was in a, a hardcore match with John Moxley just a year ago at Fighter Fest, uh, and he stole the show just like Moxley. Uh, so let's let's give them both credit where credit's due. It's going to be an interesting match now, uh, the buildup for it and everything. But we have to move on to the next match of the night, and now it's for the AEW Women's Championship between Hikaru Shida taking on the bad girl, Penelope Ford, my girl, Penelope Ford. Who was that again, Jared? Who is it? Uh, my, my girl, Penelope Ford. That, that, that's who it was. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Everything about her is just amazing. Thank you for that, Keith. I wasn't expecting that. Thank you. You know, I keep it on the toes. Uh, yeah, that, that's right. You do. Uh, but, the match was pretty good, Keith. I think this was Penelope Ford's greatest match in AEW so far. I mean, little uh, interaction between her and her, her husband, uh, Kip Sabian. Um, but I think this was a great match. But here's the thing, Keith. Uh, Hikaru Shida ended up retaining the title, right? Uh, but the announcers uh, kept just talking about how great Penelope Ford looked in the match. Uh, do you think this was her best match in AEW? And do you think maybe, yeah, it wasn't her time, but she'll be there very, very soon? Absolutely. Um, I think everyone is talking about how great of a job she did and how competitive that match was. And I don't want to say it exceeded expectations, but she was thrown into the mix because of injuries. So I don't think she would have been there to begin with, but man, did she maximize her minutes, as they say, and I mean, you could tell that the there was genuine uh, approval from the announcers, you know, um, especially Jr. at his age, 
he has a hard time holding back his tongue or at least the tone of his voice when he doesn't like something. And when he does like something, he he's always let you know it. So I think that it was very genuine. And man, did she take advantage of an opportunity. She'll be in that spot real soon. Yeah, I think she will be too. Um, uh, not just because I like her so much. I just think she has that natural ability in the ring. She got the look. She got everything about her. It's just star quality. Uh, but Hikaru Shida, let's not take anything away from her, man. She did a great job retaining that title. She, I think she's one of the most talented women in AEW, uh, regardless of the healthy roster or not. Uh, but Hikaru Shida retaining the AEW women's title last night at Fighter Fest. Uh, but let's get on to our next match, Keith. Now, this one surprised me, Keith. They put this uh, card in the middle, or this match in the middle of the card, I should say. Uh, Cody versus Jake Hager for the TNT Championship. Now, this was going to be an interesting match from the start, right? Because we were wondering what would happen, you know, between Cody and Hager, because Hager uh, got an opportunity weeks before Fighter Fest was even thought about. Uh, Cody, here's a fun fact, Keith. Cody wore a shirt to the ring that stylized the vintage Great American Bash logo, uh, which also NXT Great American Bash was that night too. So that might have been a little bit of a, a thing going on there, trying to get a, a shot at the, uh, NXT and WWE. Uh, but And by the way, Jared, that was not on accident. Oh, by the way, here's Rocky the Luchador Wonder Dog. He's back, y'all. He's, he's back. Yeah, he had. He's letting you know right now um, he's letting you know about his disappointment in WWE because the counter programming, we understand that's going to happen, right? They're always going to counter program with whatever AEW is doing. But I thought it was in poor taste that they used the great American bash and they knew what they were doing because that's a dusty Rhodes invention. And that's, a, that's a family legacy for the roads. And so it's just one of those situations where I felt like, you know, I didn't like it. And they knew exactly what they were doing. Yes, it is 4th of July weekend. I get that. But I think that Cody, he took the high road in general this week during the press. But man, did he actually have a nice statement with his T-shirt. Yeah, he did. You could tell how Rocky feels about this situation, man. He's going off on WWE and NXT for that. But yeah, um, this match was kind of interesting, Keith. I, it was, I think, one of the, mo the more weaker matches of the night in terms of excitement and high-flying ability. But both of those guys aren't necessarily high flyers in the ring. Um, but it, 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 there was a weird ending to this match, Keith. Um, Hager thought he had Cody in some sort of submission hold on the ground, uh, but Cody apparently had Hager's shoulders pinned to the mat and got the one, two, three victory to retain the TNT title. I mean, I think we both saw this coming, right? Cody retaining the title. Uh, but Hager was confused because he thought he won the match at the end. Uh, and, and also Keith, what was Hager's wife doing? I mean, is she like a new member of the inner circle or something that we don't know about? I'm not sure if they're bringing her in full time or just because of what happened with this match. I was also confused because of the camera angle. I didn't even notice that Hager was putting on a submission. I thought it looked like a weird, poor pin attempt. And then next thing you know, you know, the bell gets rung. Um, I don't know if they could have done better with that. Maybe done like a sky cam shot or maybe a different angle from a different area. But man, I was confused. And uh, what I also didn't like, Jared, was why did Dustin Rhodes come in and also cause interference? Because when you have, if you're just looking at this, like, you know, suspending disbelief, when you have Jake Hager's wife slap Cody, that doesn't hurt nearly as much as another professional wrestler to another professional wrestler 
being hit. So I just was kind of curious and I want to share something real quick. Tim Battle from Battleground Podcast, friends of the show, he has a prediction. He says, I think they set the groundworks for Cody when he was doing a promo and mentioned the elite and said something like, I'm not even a part of that anymore. So his, his thought um, is that next week uh, there's going to be an opportunity to start up a new four horsemen if done right. And Cody is one of those members and I'll share the rest of his prediction as we go along. Wow. What a prediction there. Uh, I, I'm blown away. I think that would be awesome for AEW and especially with Cody leading the way. I mean, he, he hasn't really partnered with the elite as much lately. Um, that's been left to Omega and the young bucks, you know, uh, but yeah, Cody ended up keeping the title. I don't know why Dustin interfered. Uh, it, it almost seemed like Cody might not have been able to win without Dustin helping him, which isn't the case. We all know Cody can definitely handle himself in there. Um, but in, anyway, Cody retaining. And after Fighter Fest is over, I'm sure we'll see another young competitor fight for that TNT championship, uh, which Cody loves to do. Um, but next match we got here, Keith, is another tag team match between Private Party and Santana and Ortiz of the Inner Circle. Uh, Keith, this match was awesome. I mean, high-flying. We know these guys can work and work hard. Isaiah Cassidy, by the way, is only 22 years old, a private party. Uh, Amazing match. Um, But, Keith, that wasn't the main focus during the match, right? Because Orange Cassidy made an appearance and hung out by the announcer table where his, his opponent for next week, Chris Jericho, was on commentary. And you could tell Jericho wasn't focused on the match either, just focusing on Orange Cassidy. But Orange Cassidy wasn't doing anything. He was just sitting back, relaxed, didn't even look at Jericho. But he was getting under Jericho's skin. What did you think about the match, first of all? Jared, I hate to interrupt you, but you are so correct. You are so on point. That match was absolutely insane. Uh, Man, the false finishes had me going nuts. And I don't know. I just, I found it to be really entertaining. I loved... um, (laughs) I love the new finishing move. Uh, I thought that thing was fantastic. And we're, we're doing, what are we half and half right now on the predictions for fighter fest? Yeah, I think we, I think we are Keith. I think we're about, yeah, 500. Yeah. I didn't expect them to win. Uh, I expected Santana Ortiz to get the win. Um, but I just really, really enjoyed the match. It was competitive and it just shows you just how fantastic the tag team division in AEW really is. Yeah, you're right, Keith. I mean, this really showed off uh, their skills. And Private Party is a young, upcoming tag team. And because they got this win over uh, Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz, they get a title shot next week on night two of Fighter Fest against the winner of the match we're about to talk about after this. But, um, yeah, very entertaining match. Uh, You can tell Private Party is going to be a threat in the tag team division for a long time. but after the match, Keith, Jericho and Orange Cassidy got in it. You know, uh, they were having a brawl. People came from backstage to help separate it. Um, it. It was just, it was just crazy to see. I'm super excited for this match between Orange Cassidy and Jericho. How do you, how do you think uh, Orange Cassidy did in the mind game aspect of it uh, going into night one and night two of Battle uh, Fighter Fest? It was fantastic. Uh, everything he's doing is done masterfully to get under Jericho's skin, and nobody acts. So uh, like a petulant child, spoiled brat, then Chris Jericho. You disrespectful, stupid idiot. Um, I think the only person that's doing that anymore now is MJF. 
Uh, but Jericho's done it well for years, and it just cracks me up, man. Um, Orange Cassidy can literally do nothing and get over. And he even, he was going to do nothing. He turned his back as Jericho was going to attack him, almost like he saw all the people coming to stop it. So he's like, eh, too much effort to run. I just thought it was great. Yeah, it, it really was. You could, you can't get more entertaining than Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho in AEW right now. Uh, but Private Party ended up getting the win here, Keith. But we got to go to the main event now. We got to go to the big match of the night for the AEW World Tag Team Championships between uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page taking on best friends, Keith. And let me tell you, best friends had the entrance of the night. Uh, Trent's mother actually drove them to the ring in her minivan as normal kids would do uh, with their best friends, maybe going to a a soccer game or a sleepover or something. But um, the match was great, Keith. I mean, everything you expected, hard hitting. uh, Best friends are on a roll right now, right? They They are unstoppable right now. But... Ultimately, the power, the strength, and and just the overall ability of Hangman Page and Kenny Omega uh, came through in this one as they retained the AEW Tag Team Championships. Quick, quick thoughts on that, Keith. First of all, I love that Justin Roberts announced Private Party as driven to the ring by Trent's mom. Introducing first the challengers. They were driven to the ring by Trent's mom. I was dead at that point. It's so. Well, hold on, hold on, Keith. You did it again. You did it again. You said private party. It's best friends. I did it again. Best friends driven to the ring by Trent's mom. Yeah, I got to really catch myself on that. Uh, that happened on the bonus show. But um, what was interesting I found was the wrinkle in this match was Omega uh, looked to be concussed at one point. That was in the storyline. And so he was ineffective for a lot of the match. So Hangman Adam Page had to really dig deep to uh to to beat best friends i got it right there and there was so many near falls and uh so many times you thought best friends was going to pull it off but they didn't ultimately and what i think this is sowing the seeds for i expect it to happen um this week it didn't but my bold prediction was going to be that um hangman hangman adam page was going to break up uh the group uh, you even saw a little extra at the very end of the match. Jared, can we talk about this? When FTR came in and they offered beers up and Omega would not drink a beer. Um, but uh, Adam Page actually distanced himself from Omega in a very slick move. You know, you wouldn't notice it unless you were actually looking to get your prediction right like I was. Um, but these little little nuances are showing that there's going to be a turn, I think. And Battle from Battleground also says, I can actually announce this now. He says, I'm thinking Page and Omega drop it next week, and this gives them the opportunity to start up a new four horsemen if done right. Cody, Page, and FTR. Wow. That's his uh, That's his prediction. So, so he's having he's having Omega obviously get kicked out uh, ceremoniously or unceremoniously, but um, he hasn't told me yet. I asked him with bated breath. I said, "Are they? Does this mean Cody's going to go heel?" He hasn't said a word yet, but that's when he mentioned. Um, you know, he did mention. He said, "I think they set the ground works for Cody when he said he was doing a promo and mentioned the elite and said something like, i 'I'm not even a part of that anymore.' So maybe he means heel." interesting but awesome prediction from battle let's see what happens there that would be amazing i would support that 100 you know how much i like hangman page man he's my favorite uh wrestler in AEW. but man teaming up with ftr and cody man that would be a powerful faction right there 
and we know that uh, Cody also can cut a heel promo. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he's effective as a face, but he's really effective as a heel, too. So he'd be like the flair. Paige would be the enforcer. I mean, it would just be a, a smart move if they decide to go that route. I, I definitely I definitely love it. And with the help of maybe an Arn Anderson on Cody's side, that would help it tremendously. I'm all for that. Great prediction there, Battle. Uh, but, Keith, uh, really quickly before we go off of Fighter Fest, uh, we, we, I just wanted to mention that on our bonus episode this past week, we had bold predictions for night one. Both of them did not happen. Uh, Keith predicted that Hangman Page and Kenny Omega would break up after losing the titles to best friends. Uh, and I predicted that broken Matt Hardy would join the inner circle, and neither of those happened. Um, still can happen, though, both of them for night two, uh, by the way. Now, as private party, will face Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the AEW World Tag Team titles. I could definitely see both happening still, Keith. So, so there's still hope for us. Uh, there's still hope in our predictions. Um, that was Fighter Fest. That was Fighter Fest night one, and it was an awesome night of wrestling. Um, we're not even going to talk about NXT, the Great American Badge. Um, disappointing. Just overall disappointing. That's why Keith and I watch AEW on Wednesday nights, and we suggest that you do too. This is MLW superstar, The Bone Collector, Dominic Greeny, and you are listening to the next tag. Keith, we got to go to our next topic here on Mixed Tag, and it's an interesting one that you and I have talked about off air. Ex-WWE announcer Hugo Savinovich says that, quote, the truth is that Saudi Arabia kidnapped WWE superstars, end quote. Now, Savinovich was a Spanish commentator for WWE for a long time, and he responded to WWE attorney Jerry McDevitt, who shot back at reports that suggested that there were issues at play between Vince McMahon and the Saudi crown prince. Now, here's a quote uh, from Savinovich here, Keith. This is interesting. Quote, the prince of Saudi Arabia fought with Vince McMahon. That's what they told me from Stanford in the WWE television studios, and I hold on to that report. I'm not afraid of WWE, and I'm also not afraid of Saudi Arabia, end quote. Now, according to Zavinovich, numerous WWE superstars, one superstar's wife, and an ex-WWE superstar have all confirmed his statements to be true. Now, Hugo also says that WWE was uh, wrong to go to Saudi Arabia and that he doesn't want to harm the McMahon family at all. He just wants to present the truth. Keith, man, a lot of information here. But do you think Hugo's right? Is WWE's relationship with Saudi Arabia a bad one? And do you think uh, WWE should stop all relations with Saudi Arabia after this incident? I do. Uh, I've never liked the idea. And I, I don't, I don't want to say it's necessarily greed, but it is somebody throwing a chunk of money at you and saying, I really want you to come. You know, it's almost like paying, paying people to show up for your sleepover. You know, hey, come to my party, uh, please. Uh, but what they want also, Saudi Arabia, they that they want the older stars. And that's why we keep getting those Undertaker matches that were less than uh, less than mediocre even. Can I, can I just say uh, that the match between Brothers of Destruction and DX was one of the worst matches I've ever seen in my life at Saudi Arabia. It, it, was, it was so bad. It was just so bad. You can. And then also Undertaker and Goldberg. Um, cost Undertaker his life almost yeah, by an inch. Yeah, we almost watched a man die on camera, uh, and they wouldn't have been able to 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 avoid that. You know, like that would have been 
that would have been scrubbed from the WWE, I'm sure, network right now. Uh, but was is it ever worth it? And also with the cultural issues with um, Saudi Arabia and women, right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, at first they wouldn't let the divas wrestle. No, you're, you're, you're correct, Keith. Um, the women were not allowed to wrestle at the first uh, crown jewel or whatever it was. Uh, but now they can, but they have to cover every part of their skin. Uh, they can't have their, you know, uh, two-piece set uh, suits, wrestling gears. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so nothing, nothing says I don't actually value my employees like separating and ostracizing a certain group of your employees. Why not? I understand it's money. It's, it's not, we want to get in this market. It's that that country has money to throw at you. You could go, if you want to get into the, uh, the Asia market, you know, that you could do Hong Kong. There's all kinds of cities, uh, India, all kinds of places that you can still get your footprint in, um, and that you've never gone to before. Saudi Arabia, this is, this just kind of feels dirty. Like I need a shower after talking about this. Cause you know, it's like dirty money and you know that, these things happen. I mean, people, why would he, what, what does he have to gain by telling everyone that? I, I, I don't know, uh, Keith, no, nothing. It seems like, and he said, uh, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but he says he doesn't want money. He doesn't want fame. He already has all those things. He doesn't want to harm Vince McMahon or the company. He just wants to tell the truth about the situation. And I think that's a right of him to do so. Yeah. I just feel like sometimes, you know, this is, it's a wacky business that we love and, I would assume that that whole situation was entirely uncomfortable for all the parties involved. Can you imagine just that, that lack of control, that, that feeling of helplessness and, you know, just the idea of I'm being held against my will. Not okay. Some of the superstars, man, they, they said that they, they felt like they were in trouble, like they were not going to make it out of Saudi Arabia. They really thought something was going to go down uh, between the Saudi government and WWE, and it, it was going to be ugly. But thankfully, nothing like that happened. Uh, they got back about a day later, I believe, uh, in U.S. time. Um, but can I go back on the women thing really quick, Keith? Because, because these pay-per-views in Saudi Arabia started about, what, four years ago, maybe 2016? You're in the, D the women's revolution. You are in the middle of the women's revolution and you take it from a, a country who won't uh, show women in, 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 the, in, the, in the ring. It, it's just, it didn't make sense. I mean, you have all the hype in the world around the women and they can't even wrestle. Like, why would you take that for other than maybe a cash load of money, man, like a, a bucket full of money? And we know Vince McMahon will not turn down a deal if it involves a ton of money and revenue. So I, I don't, I just, it was it almost disgusted me in a way. It's, it's just sad. And there were superstars who decide not to go in solidarity. And I feel like if they go back now and, you know, say, Oh, it's just business, pal. Well, I feel like your integrity has gone at that point because you should be holding all the chips, not them. So I just feel like if they go back, they look really weak and really bad. And even if they do wrestle now, fully clothed, uh, no skin showing, I mean, they can't express themselves. They can't show their, their characters, their personalities. I mean, the first match in Saudi Arabia was Natalia versus Lacey Evans. And then this past uh, pay-per-view was, I believe, Bailey and Naomi for the SmackDown Women's title. So uh, it's just a shame. I, I, just, I think they need to end this right now. Go somewhere like Hong Kong or Tokyo 
or something. Can you imagine the pop in, in Japan for that? I mean, that would be amazing. Even maybe even Mexico. I mean, something something different, right? Uh, not Saudi Arabia, man. This is just, it's a weird relationship they got. How about Rio de Janeiro? You know yep. where uh, <laughs> where the first intercontinental championship tournament in air quotes it was held, right? Just do something different than you know, let yourself be pushed around by a prince who has a lot of money to throw at you because at that point you're, you're whoring yourself out. Sorry. And the thing is, um, I know the wrestling culture is different between countries. We like new stuff. Uh, we like the new innovative things that's going on in the company. Saudi Arabia likes classics. They like the undertaker. They like the Hulk Hogan's. They like all the legends, Goldberg. They like the older people. It's just it turns into a bad situation for the people in the ring, uh, the, the people watching in the United States, because we know that they should not be in the ring. We've been wanting Undertaker to retire for the past four years. And WWE, why are you holding on to this man and making him go out there and do these matches, uh, risking his life potentially? Um, anyway, Keith, it's just it was a weird situation, man. I think Luke Harper, who's now Mr. Brody Lee in AEW, Kurt Hawkins were taking photos, uh, waiting uh, beside the plane to get on the plane. Just a weird situation overall, man. I just, I, you kind of hate to see it, right? But um, anyway, Hugo, thank you for letting us know that. Uh, now, Keith, we have to move on to a little promo action. EC3 with another banger, but we're not going to talk about it. We're going to let you, the listeners, the tag gang, listen to it uh, live right now on Mix Tag. Here we go. I'll tell you what to do. Dictate your path. Choose your fate. Do you decide your future? Or is it chosen for you? We are living in unprecedented times from lockdowns to quarantine to turmoil in the streets. We are living an American nightmare. From coast to coast, Maine to SoCal, uncensored chaos and confusion reign supreme. You walk outside, it feels like you're in the jungle, boy. You fear the revolt is coming for you if you don't adhere to the group think You feel like you're left out to hang, man. The natural state of things has fallen into this dark order. And you put away day after day like a gear in an effing machine. Society is broken, but now, now is the time you keep your inner circle small. You do not have best friends. You can only trust yourself. And it doesn't matter if you're an old man or a young buck. You speak your truth. You stand tall, exalted. You rise like a phoenix. You carry yourself with moxley, and you seal it with a sunny kiss. Now, these bastards, they criticize you. They may mock you, they may cancel you, hell, they may even imitate you poorly. But you never give in. You never apologize. You put the word sorry back into that dictionary, you throw it in the library in space, because it is never the end. There is no omega when you're an alpha. You think for yourself. You fight for yourself. You control your narrative. And if you don't, you're just part of the con. You are more than a league. You are free. And they, they have been warned. Oh, 
my gosh, Keith. The AEW promo from EC3, man. All the, the all the nightmares, the Tony Khans, the Moxleys, the Sunny Kisses, the references to AEW, man. It was awesome. Where has this EC3 been? Because he sure as hell wasn't in WWE. Where was he been, Keith? Was he locked up in the closet somewhere waiting to come out? Because this man is putting on a show with these promos. He is free of the scripted promos. He's free of the micromanagement. And what he's doing right now, uh, you know, I'm the wrestling encyclopedia, so I have to compare it to something usually. This reminds me a lot of the loose cannon situation with Brian Pillman. Uh, Brian Pillman, on his way out from WCW, created this loose cannon persona where you did not know what he was going to do. He broke a lot of norms. He ended up going to ECW and then later the WWF re-ended his career before his life was uh, tragically cut short. But EC3 is reminding me so much of that because he is one week showing us ROH. He's being teased for Impact Slammiversary. And now he's telling us uh, a promo that sounds like All Elite. So what do we believe? Where's he going to go? What do we know about this? He's controlling his narrative, but he's giving us some amazing mic work. And you know that wherever he's going to end up, where he won't be micromanaged, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, Keith, I think this ongoing cycle of promos he's doing are fantastic. I mean, and even Impact, Impact themselves have played uh, his old music and and, and said his name on their show. So I, I thought at first he was a slam dunk, ready to go uh, to Impact. But I, I was incorrect. Uh, uh, he's having Ring of Honor ties, and he's doing AEW stuff. Um, but here's the thing, Keith. We mentioned off-air uh, before that AEW has a stacked roster right now. Their roster is completely stacked. Um, so do you think it's the right move for him to go to AEW, or do you think maybe he will fit in better in a Ring of Honor or an Impact? He's going to be the bigger fish in the Impact or Ring of Honor world. I don't know if you can turn down that Tony Khan money and then also the creative freedom that comes along with being an AEW. It's a wrestling promotion by the wrestlers for the wrestlers. And it's really attractive right now. And so it's really tough to turn that down, I think. So it'd be interesting next week. Is he going to give us a MLW, um, you know, promo who knows what this guy's doing, but yeah, if it's going to be AEW, the, the tricky thing there is that now you got another star who's got awesome potential and has bona fide credentials. And then where do you put him on the card? So it's tricky. Yeah, it's definitely tricky. But I think uh, I think that AEW would be a good fit for him. Um, I could even see him maybe working with like a Tully Blanchard and a Sean Spears type thing. Uh, with the way Sean is going right now, they kind of have the same attitude on things. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to tell where he's going to go. And maybe next week he will do an MLW one. Maybe he'll do a New Japan one. That would be even cool to see. Um, interesting stuff from EC3 here. We haven't seen this EC3 in a long time, and I'm happy that he's coming back uh, into the mainstream of wrestling. Um, Keith, we're going to introduce a new segment on the show that we're going to try to do every week. It's going to be our Mixed Tag Wrestler of the Week. Uh, we're each going to give our own thoughts about who best performed in this week of wrestling. Now, we're going to go from Friday Night SmackDown to AEW on Wednesday since we get these episodes out to you on Fridays, typically. Um, so 
I'm going to go first. I'm going to start things off here. Um, it's no bias whatsoever, but I'm picking Penelope Ford. I, this woman is so talented, and she finally got the chance to shine here with the AEW Women's Champion here, Kara Shida. Uh, she really showed what she can do in the ring. She is the future of AEW in the women's division, and I just thought that she outperformed everybody this week. It was a tough pick. It was either going to be her or maybe Wardlow for me, uh, but I'm definitely going with Penelope Ford this week. She was the true standout of the week in wrestling. So, Keith, that was my pick. Who was your pick? Jared, who'd you pick again? I picked Miss Penelope Ford. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Talking to you, Penelope. Talking to you. You know what's funny is if you had let me go first, you would have been laughing because I also have to pick Penelope Ford. I have to. She had a fantastic match. Uh, I don't want to say that she exceeded expectations. I, I think that's an, wrong to do. But we just saw just straight fire from her. And I think that she added a wrinkle and an element to that match. And you could just, like I said, you could hear from the announcers and then us and then the internet wrestling community, the IWC. Uh, she became the darling of the night. And I can't think of a better match between last week and this week. So I have to give it to Philadelphia's own Penelope Ford. There you go, guys. Keith and I picking the same competitor this week. I mean, when, when we both pick the same person, you know they had to stand out in the week of wrestling. Uh, we're going to try to do this every week. Uh, and when Tanae gets back, oh, by the way, we, we have to make an announcement about that. Tanae is coming back two weeks from uh, when you get this uh, podcast out Friday. She's going to be back two weeks, two episodes from now, guys. It's going to be awesome. She is our co-host on here. Uh, she was taking a little break. She came back briefly for a couple episodes to talk about certain things, but she will be back with us full time. So you get to hear her instead of us all the time. I know uh, you guys like us too, but a lot of people love Tanae, Keith. It's just she's got that thing about her, right? When she shows back up, it's going to be that Edge Royal Rumble pop, you know, like it's just going to go nuts. The, the roof is going to go off of this Roadcaster Pro on here. Yep. Everybody loves today, man. Everybody loves today. She'll be back, guys, full time two weeks from now. Uh, but Keith, before we end our show uh, this week, we have to get to what we do every week and end our show every week with our weekly trivia question. Last week was interesting, Keith, with a trivia question because I pulled a surprise on you, having you answer five Undertaker questions, and you got half of them right. Uh, so I'm happy about that uh, because I was uh, brought upon you and you didn't know about it, just like I didn't know about the run-in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I enjoyed that, but let's see if our listeners out there, our tag gang, let's see if they knew their Undertaker question for the week. So here was last week's question, all relating to The Undertaker and his retirement. Who did The Undertaker defeat at his first WrestleMania to start his undefeated streak? You had the options of A, Jake the Snake Roberts, B, Giant Gonzalez, C, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, or D, Psycho Sid. Keith, we have a two-week-in-a-row winner. Shout out to Mr. Alex McClure. Alex, you got this week's question right. It was C. Jimmy Superfly Snooka. Keith knew this question too, but I had to give him the hard ones uh, when we were doing his segment. Alex McClure, two-time, two-time mixed tag trivia question of the week champion. 
He's killing it, guys. And if you want to to beat him in the trivia, you have to send us an email at mixtagshow at gmail.com. Send in your answer. We're going to give you a shout-out on the show. Even if you get it wrong, we'll still give you a shout-out. We had that one time before. Um, but congratulations, Alex, man. You're killing it. Thank you for responding. Let's see if you can get this week's question right, Alex, and to all of our Tag Gang listeners out there. Here's this week's trivia question. Who were the first ever AEW World Tag Team Champions? Was it A, SCU, or should I say SCU? Was it B, the Young Bucks, C, the Lucha Brothers, or D, Private Party? If you want to answer that question, give us an email at mixtagshow at gmail.com, and we could get shout out on the air live with me, Keith, and Tanae. Uh, Keith, man, this is fun. This is a great episode, man. I, I think we all had a great time going over Fighter Fest. What an exciting week of wrestling, and it's only getting started, my man. We got next week, too, and we're bringing you those results next week as well. Keith, this episode was awesome, man. Always fun, and uh, what I'll tell the uh, the listeners, tag gang, as we call them, uh, make sure that if you want to get some hints on that trivia question, you can listen to previous shows that we have. So, you know, maybe you might want to, you know, binge some of our prior shows and help you get a hint on answering that question of the week. Yep, you're right, Keith, because we have mentioned the first ever AEW World Tag Team Champions in our previous episodes. So if you want a hint, go back and listen. But that's going to be it for this week's episode of Mixed Tag. Thank you for listening, all you Tag Gang members out there. We appreciate you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all the latest news action. Keith will be live tweeting. You don't want to miss that. It's always a fun time. Uh, and if you want, you can email us at mixtagshow at gmail.com. All right, guys, that was it for this episode. Thank you very much. From the Wrestling Encyclopedia himself, Keith White, I'm Jared Watson. We're out.